Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 54, Wrestlemania 7. Superstars and stripes forever. My country tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty? Exactly. Okay. I don't, I feel like that, I mean, I remember like every day at kindergarten, we did it, we did that, but I don't know if I even know the whole thing at this point. I'm a bad American. You're not a real American? <laughs> You're a bad American? I mean, I can show you my ID. I'm a real American. Stuck at home. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Like the rest of the real Americans. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yesterday I was, uh, like, it was probably like four or five in the afternoon and I was reading and... I realized that I hadn't said a word all day, <laughs> and, again, and it got me real weird in my head for a little while, and then, you know, and then 10 minutes later, I forgot that I even had that thought until later when I was like, at, when I actually spoke to somebody, but I was like, ah, oh, I haven't spoken who knows how long, <laughs> so this feels good. This feels good to <laughs> yeah. interact a little bit, uh-huh. talk to someone different. Yeah, yeah. Any Anything to like keep me away from my phone or a television, it's like, I'm all for it. WrestleMania is the seventh annual pay-per-view produced by the WWF. The event took place on March 24th, 1991. Isn't that like today? That was... That's yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay, in, I'm in dating I'm, I'm, Yeah, yeah. I'm carbon dating it. Because there's a chance that some of our, ep- our episodes right now sound pretty good because we're able to still get together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see who, how long that lasts. Who knows how long that'll last, yeah. so audio quality may go down. It's all right. The enthusiasm will... Probably stay about the same. <laughs> exactly. But they had that show at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. The attendance for the show was 16,158. That's like a, a prime WCW event. That is. It's a very low number for a WrestleMania. It sure is. Uh, the buy rate on pay-per-view was 2.8. So we saw ads for this show mm-hmm. on previous WWF shows. Yeah, you gotta you gotta pimp the next thing. And it felt like it was originally scheduled, or they kept making it seem like it was going to be scheduled for the Memorial Coliseum, which is a bigger, a big football stadium. Yeah, a coliseum and not an uh, Sports audito- auditorium. Yeah. Not a sportatorium. Which it was. It was originally scheduled for there. But the WWF's reason for the venue change was security concerns mm-hmm. due to Sergeant Slaughter's character. Yeah, I'm sure. But... Did Jim Cornette, is Jim Cornette the one that, that made that decision? He's the only person that ever seems to be worried about getting stabbed by fans. But most people say that the ticket sales were lacking. Yeah, of course they And they, were. they weren't going to fill up 100,000 seats. Obviously, they only had 16,000 here. The thing that I saw was that there was only like 11,000 tickets like sold whenever they... Uh, whenever they Switched over to the other event, and then they papered the crowd, which means they gave away a lot of tickets. Yes. So, is, yeah. That's what I've heard. That is what uh, I've heard as I well. can't imagine anybody, like, you know, shooting 
Sergeant Slaughter in the face. I mean, they could have put it in a stadium and probably still told us there was 90,000, even though we only saw like five. So, I mean, we all know that uh, wrestling is a work. And if you can't tell that Sergeant Slaughter is a work, then you should not be allowed to buy a gun. Man, I hope there's a lot of people that think it's not a work. (laughs) Political views aside. Around this time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2... The Secret, Secret of, of the, the Ooze. ooze. Uh, that was released. the one. That was the one that I watched more than the first one on tape. We uh, go ninja, go yeah, ninja. Yeah, well, go. I mean, they had like the ooze, and it felt more like the cartoon. The first one gets all weird and heavy. The first one is very dark. It is yes, it very is. much like the comics. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've only ever read the first issue, the one, but Shredder dies in the first issue. So I was like, oh, I guess this is the only turtle book you need. <laughs> they kill the bad guy. That's kind of true. But, yeah, no, the first one I remember watching a lot, but the second one, like, as a little kid, anytime you talk about the turtles, everyone was like, oh, Secret of the Ooze, that's the one. I mean, it's got ooze, and it's got, like, uh, the two... The mute it has Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah, but they're not Bebop and Rocksteady. They, like, call... It's, that's true. It's something in Razor, but it's like, you know, it's the same idea. We know who we, they are. Yeah. One of them is Kevin Nash, I think. Yes, I believe so. I believe that's the case. I'm not positive, but I... I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure one of them is... Also, around this time, R.E.M. would release their album, Out of Time, which contained the single, Losing My Religion. I never deep dove on R.E.M. I feel like that I should. I know all those singles, Losing My Religion, really great song. R.E.M. super important to, like, you know, indie rock, college rock thing of the, like, early 90s. The 90s yeah. But I've never gone back and, and, like, just jammed some R.E.M. records. I have never been a huge R.E.M. fan either, but there is a podcast that I listen to called R.U.R.E.M. Me, Me. Oh, what? It used to be You Talking You Two to Me. Okay. They talked all You Two, uh, okay. and that's how I got into the podcast. Yeah, because But then they ran out of You Two albums to YouTube talk fan. about. I am. Yeah. And, and so they started talking about their other favorite band, which was R.E.M., and I've... I've probably heard like the so the singles, the singles, the the big singles. Uh, Losing my religion, stand in the place where you are. Um, and, the uh, Andy Kaufman song, from, yeah, uh, Man on the Moon, and Man then, on the Moon, yeah, and then into the world, yeah, exactly. So it's like that's I've heard, kind I've of, heard the big hits, yeah, yeah. Never been a huge fan of them. Nothing of them made me go, I want an REM album, you know, that kind of thing. But in listening to this podcast. I grew an appreciation for their music. But you're not still the biggest fan. I'm still, I still haven't gone and bought any albums by any means, but yeah, I have a better appreciation for the band. And I thought we should at least celebrate that this yeah, it's a great monu- song. monumental album and song, because it, totally. that song did end up winning yeah. best, best rock song, I believe, Maybe uh, at the Grammys that next year. Maybe so. tomorrow I will make a cup of coffee and crank... Uh, out of time while I mop the whole house. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to that show. All right. We see animated stars and stripes flying at the screen. When Vince McMahon narration comes on over a picture of Slaughter and Hogan, when the logo flies in across the screen as well. Fink then announces Willie Nelson to sing America the Beautiful. Did you pop for Willie Nelson? I was like, oh, weird grab. <laughs> cool. I was like, that's weird. And then he sang, and I was like... Oh, that was totally nice. I thought it was a really good version yeah. of the song. I really liked it, too. Uh, did you notice that he was wearing a plastic championship belt? 
yes. he's wearing like one I of those thought, kid belts. I thought that was very funny. I thought it was great. <laughs> Uh, but while he's singing, we see stock footage of aircraft, veteran memorials, yeah, if the you've, flag. If, you, if you've watched a, a WF pay-per-view from this time period before, you've seen these images because exactly. they keep reusing they the same ones. reuse all of them, but yeah. the exact same. Gorilla Monsoon then welcomes us to the show, and he brings out Hacksaw Jim Duggan to color commentate USA. the first match. USA. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird, but why not? Were you kind of worried that this was going to be our team? Uh, I had a feeling when Hacksaw came out that we were going to get a rotating team. Because, like, come on. You can play Hacksaw there the whole time? Wow. Is, is he hurt or something at the moment? I'm not real sure exactly. I, he just may not have had a match. I, yeah. I don't know exactly why. I mean, he's definitely more over, and he's been doing the USA thing for quite a while now. So it seems smart to have him on the show. I agree. And in a different through, capacity. Coming out in an Uncle Sam outfit. He sure does. Which was... Interesting. Is custom 2 by 4 They start running through the card of the show. And of course, as always, with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! They then send it to the back. Sean Mooney's back there with the Rockers. Marty Jannetty tells us that they have been defying odds since the beginning of time. And then Mooney brings up the fact that Barbarian and Haku are members of the human family. And the Rockers react with shaking their hands... And acting scared, ironically. <laughs> Sean then says, we're going to do what we always do. Turn heads, turn on crowds, come out on top. Woo! Hell yeah. There was one thing that Hacksaw said that I that kind of upset me. He was talking about how he thinks that the Ultimate Warrior is going to win later against Macho Man. Because he is better trained. I got upset when I heard that. I mean, <laughs> come on. He probably is a better trained athlete because. Oh, I mean, he can probably lift more than Randy Savage, but a better trained wrestler. Come on. Yeah, I don't know why <laughs> Duggan would say that. <laughs> well, I mean, he's obviously the the face, so he's just pulling for the faces. But I'm just that's like, true. It's, yeah. I mean, so but I was just like, I, when he well, said that, I definitely right. laughed. I was like, oh, that's funny. So we're headed off to that first match. We get the Barbarian and Haku with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Versus the Rockers of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. We see a graphic with pictures of all the competitors that's shown to accompany the announcement of the match. And we pretty much get this for, I think it's just the first couple matches. They don't oh, really? Do, they don't do it every, every match, I don't yeah. think. Haku's using his power early on, but is tossed to the ropes. Shawn goes for a leapfrog, but Haku catches him into a bear hug, slamming him back first into a turnbuckle. Irish whipped back and forth between corners, and Michaels tries to leap up and over a charging Haku, but he catches him. It's such a good two guys in the ring. I would love to see just a singles match between, like... like Maybe a slightly younger Haku. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he still can move, and he's got, like, the power over that's Michaels, true. the size. So that's why That's why he can do the bear hug. That's why I'm okay with the bear hug. I, I'm okay with the bear <laughs> hug here as well. Sean slithers his way out of the clutches of Haku and goes for an O'Connor roll. But Haku holds onto the ropes, starts running the ropes himself, and Michaels with multiple leapfrogs and hits a flying shoulder block. Duggan and the crowd start calling Heenan a weasel. 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 The Rockers hit a double hip toss, followed by a double elbow drop on Haku. But Barbarian comes running in with a double clothesline. Barbarian Irish whips Haku to hit a double clothesline but the Rockers duck and stereo kick him to knock him out of the ring. 
Barbarian then charges in with another double clothesline, but the Rockers again duck and hit stereo super kicks to knock Barbarian out to the floor. Stay on the floor, Barbarian. Barbarian's laying in chops, headbutts, right hands on Janetti, before he slides under the big man's legs to retaliate, going for an Irish whip that is reversed, sending Marty to the ropes. Barbarian ducks his head, so Janetti goes for a sunset flip, but Barbarian stays up and, and punches, punches down. down. But Marty has moved. My fist. My barbarian fist. Hurt on that <laughs> map. Janetti goes for a hurricanrana, but Barbarian catches him. So Sean comes in with a drop kick to knock them over for Marty to complete the move. Now that's tag team wrestling. Double headbutt from the Heenan family. Haku with chops. Tosses Janetti to the ropes and goes for the bear hug again. But Marty slides under him and goes for the hurricanrana again. And gets caught this time by Haku. Michaels comes in to possibly do a repeat, but the ref stops him, allowing Barbarian to come in, and they double team rubber band slam Janetti across the top rope. We get a back elbow by Haku, double team kicks, Barbarian with a press slam, hits a cheap shot on Michaels, which allows the Heenan family to double team Marty. Haku Irish whips Janetti, who ducks a clothesline, and both men go for a crossbody with Marty landing on top for a two count. Uh, I love a double, the double crossbody because they just wrap around each other like a chain. It always looks so good. Well, not always, but it looks pretty good here. It looks, it looks really good <laughs> here. Haku Irish whips Janetti hard into the turnbuckle. Multiple backbreakers. Barbarian with the clothesline. Bear hug. More hard Irish whips. Barbarian charges in and Marty gets a boot up. Jumps up to the second rope and comes off with a crossbody. But Barbarian catches him and hits a power slam. What were he thinking, Marty? Barbarian then goes to the top rope, goes for a falling headbutt. But Janetti moves, crawls to his corner for the... Hot tag! Sean in with right hands, flying back elbow to Haku, mounted punches in the corner, jumps off into a crossbody on Barbarian who was coming in from behind, a swinging neckbreaker on Haku for a near fall. Haku with an eye rake before tossing Michaels to the ropes and ducks his head, allowing Sean to go for a sunset flip. But he can't quite get him over until Marty comes in with a clothesline to knock him over. Oh, now that's teamwork. But Barbarian breaks up the pin. The Rockers with stereo drop kicks on Barbarian to knock him out of the ring. Double clothesline on Haku. Both men go up to the top rope. Janetti hits a missile drop kick. <laughs> Michaels with the crossbody for, for the, the pin. pin. And, and the win. win. Nice, crispy little finish. It was very good. I <laughs> yeah. liked it a lot. It's a good start to this show. Yeah, totally. I mean, if the Ro- as long as the Rockers are a tag team, they should be like the first match of every like major show. Unless, especially, especially if the belts aren't, you if know, the if, they, if they, aren't they don't, the if they don't have the belts and the belts aren't on the line, like they should be opening these shows because it's it's you can't go wrong. They did a they did a great job with Haku and a big man. I mean, Barbarian's nobody's favorite wrestler, right? No, I, I <laughs> like, can't say that he is. There's, he's, Maybe he's, his kids. He's, he's not the worst uh, of all time or anything like that, but he's, you know, he's not talked about he's, a lot. He's shown a lot of talent over the last few shows that we've covered. Yeah, yeah. He's not elegante. No. <laughs> like, see, he does, he does have a feel for the business in one way or another. Duggan's, but he's also not Haku or Shawn Michaels exactly. or Ronnie Janetti. Duggan's then leaving the announce table because Heenan will be joining for the rest of the show. There we go. That's what we all want, right? 
Heenan is great on the announce table. Yes. We then sent it to the back Mean Jeans there with Regis Philbin, Marlon Maples, and Alex Trebek, our celebrity co-hosts for the show. The most milk toast of celebrity guests. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's like two of the more like of the plainest guys on the planet, and then somebody that married Donald Trump. <laughs> she wasn't married to him yet. No, no, I don't think she marries him for like a couple years after this. Philbin tells us that earthquake scares him, and he makes him nervous. Because he tipped over a Pizza Hut delivery truck and ate everything inside. Philbin's got jokes. Is yeah. that a joke? Uh, Marla's going to be our guest timekeeper for the main event. We'll do some interviewing in the locker room. Cool. They say it's the first time, but I'm sorry, WCW beat you there. They say it's the first time oh, that the they had a... Have, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know. I think... Uh, oh, why can't I remember her name? Missy. Missy I think Missy Hyatt, Hyatt Yeah, has a yeah. bone to pick. But she didn't really get an interview because she got scared out of the locker room. No, she got spit on by Stan Hansen. Trebek uh, calls Gene Jim, but Mean Gene calls him out on it and tells us he will be the guest ring announcer. Uh, I love Mean Gene so much. And then Gene and Alex do a Laurel and Hardy comedy bit that wasn't funny at all. Mean Gene called Regis Philbin beautiful. That was my my standout moment for this, uh, this point in the show. So as we, far as backstage commentary goes. As far as I mean, you know. Yes, yes. That match is much better than anything that's been on the commentary <laughs> yeah, so far. So far, yes. Second match of the night, we got Dino Bravo with Jimmy Hart versus Texas Tornado Kerry Von Erich. Yes. Bravo attacks as the tornado gets World's the strongest man, Dino Bravo. It's, I don't even know if they bring that up at this point. I, I think they finally they don't. This might be the first time they don't do that. Bravo hits a clothesline to send Von Erich to the floor. Dino follows out and slams Tornado's head on the apron. Back in the ring, Von Eric ducks a roundhouse, picks Bravo up for an atomic drop, a clothesline, Irish whip, and goes for the claw, but Dino escapes. Bravo's chopping away and goes for an Irish whip, which is reversed, and Tornado charges into a boot from Dino. Dino then, with an inverted atomic drop, it was a weird-looking... Yeah, it wasn't the bad one, the best-looking one. <laughs> In in the year of atomic drops, <laughs> like Dino, you got to you got to got to make it look better than that. He hits multiple elbow drops and tosses Von Eric to the ropes and misses multiple clotheslines, but hits the side slam for a two count. Dino goes up to the second rope, comes off with an axe handle, kicks in the corner, goes up to the second rope again, but Tornado catches him in the claw as he comes down. Von Erich then comes off the ropes with a discus punch for the pin and, and the win. win. That discus punch like looked like he just punched him right in the head. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, he uh, leaned in on that one a little. Probably a little bit. <laughs> I know it's a sad day, but this would be oh, Dino no. Bravo's. Oh, I thought you were about to talk about Kerry Von Erich. I was like, well, that's actually sad. Final <laughs> pay-per-view appearance. Okay. Well, I don't know that I'll particularly miss Dino, but I wish him the best, but also he got murdered. I just realized that while I was thinking about Kerry Von Erich killing himself. This is all really sad. Yes. Very much they so. They still don't know who killed Dino Bravo. He was selling like he was doing weird stuff. Selling like uh, like bootleg cigarettes and shit in Canada. Dark side of the ring, everybody. <laughs> You've got time to watch it? It's out there. Go watch it. <laughs> Sean Mooney's in in the back with Warlord and Slick. Mooney says, I'm with a superstar who claims he's going to collar the British Bulldog. And Slick, brother, 
Did you say claim? How about guarantee? Warlord uh, says, no wrestler has escaped my full Nelson, and you will be no exception to that rule. You remember that full Nelson match? That was a horrible match. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. And that was, what, WrestleMania 1 or Maybe. 2? It was, it was one of the first It's couple. him and Hercules. Slick then comes back with, hey, David, boy. <laughs> remember, it's a dog-eat-dog world. So you better be prepared. You're about to be devoured. I like all of this. Slick's so fun. I, I, I worked on my slick impression <laughs> you? because I was like, that was so much fun watching yeah, this program. Yeah. I just love love his suits and uh, I love, love his intensity. We then go over to Mean Gene, who's with British Bulldog and Winston. Winston. Did uh did Dynamite get Tilda in, in, in the in the in the divorce? Yeah, probably. Davy Boy tells us today's the day when I break the warlord's fool Nelson. And Winston tells Smith that there's no bull in this British bulldog. He doesn't actually talk, he just bulldog like acts, it, yeah, acts, acts like, like it's very very it's very cute. It's like how could you how could you not cheer for the British Bulldog after that? He's talking to his dog on on television. Either that or he needs to go to the loony bin. <laughs> no. One or the other. It's like, if you got a dog, everybody talks to their dog. It's fine. That's true. We're going off to that third match. The Warlord with Slick versus the British Bulldog with Winston. Warlord shoves Bulldog to the corner, hits a knee lift, clubbing forearm across the back. Davy Bowie starts running the ropes, hitting multiple shoulder tackles until one finally knocks the Warlord down and out to the floor for him to regroup. Double axe handles. Warlord tosses Bulldog to the ropes when Davy Boy goes for a crucifix, but Warlord overpowers him to hit a Samoan drop. You're a big Davy Boy, but you're not that big. Multiple elbow drops finding their mark. Irish whip. Warlord locks on a bear hug, but Bulldog escapes with right hands and starts running the ropes, ducking a clothesline, and comes back with a fez press, but Warlord catches him and flapjacks him across the top rope. Rough. The two men start trading right hands until a belly-to-belly suplex by the warlord, a snapmare, and locks on a reverse chin lock. Ah, oh, the dreaded reverse chin lock. Is, what do you like more, a reverse chin lock or a front face lock? Because I know we see way more reverse chin locks, but a front face lock just looks like shit. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, why would you do this for any amount of time? The reverse chin lock at least lets you see the person's face. face so yeah, they and can, they can sell. And, they can sell. Yeah, yeah. totally. The crowd's firing up the bulldog, so he escapes with elbows to the gut, a headbutt, a drop kick, head slams into the turnbuckle, goes to the second rope, hitting a flying fist, followed by a crossbody for a two-count. Warlord tosses Davy Boy to the ropes and ducks his head, allowing the bulldog to kick him and attempt a pile driver. But Warlord reverses into a back body drop, attempt, but bulldog reverses into a sunset flip, my God! But the warlord drops to his knees for a near fall, but Davy Boy reverses by rolling Warlord over onto his shoulders for a two count. <laughs> ah, I mean, come on! Two big men doing those? Yeah, string it together. Give me some catch. Let's play catch. Bulldog with an Irish whip charges into a big boot from Warlord, and Warlord goes for the full Nelson, but he doesn't have the fingers locked. So Davy Boy breaks free, leaving Warlord confused. Warlord then attempts a body slam, but Bulldog floats over, picks him up, and hits the running power slam, 
for the pin and the win. And kind of how I was just talking about the front face lock. It's kind of the problem with this full Nelson lock the fingers thing. You can't really get a good camera angle on it, so it's no. really a terrible, you know, finisher. It's it's just like I mean, unless you get it locked and their hands are like waving around. Yeah, like the, ex- exactly. Like Wacky inflatable arm guys. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, also, you know, nobody's gonna want to do where that. They got the idea for those, you think? Yes, from a full Nelson. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm positive. We then go to the locker rooms. Mean Jeans there with the Nasty Boys and Jimmy Hart. And they say they're gonna win. And then they steal Gene's hanky and start blowing their nose on it. Oh, it's very gross. What did Mean Gene do to you? God, this was 30 years ago. And not now. <laughs> God damn it. Gene probably be dead by now. Uh, he, he is. He is dead. <laughs> he is dead. But, you know, hopefully he went peacefully. And then Gene says, don't know if they'll be champions, but they're definitely nasty. Sean Mooney's in with the Heart Foundation. And they say, you're the bottom of the barrel. We don't think you're nasty. We think you're scum. Scum, scum sounds pretty nasty. I agree. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. They think scum is. We'll go with it. So we're off to our fourth match. The nasty boys of Jerry Sags and Brian Nobbs with, with Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Hart versus the Hart Foundation of Brett Hitman Hart and Jim Anvil Neidhart for the WWF Tag Team Championship of the World. Gorilla tells us that the nasty boys are in this match. Thanks to power and glory. So what I've been able to find is there was a seven-team battle royal where the Nasty Boys and Legion of Doom were the last two teams. But power and glory would interfere to help the Nasties win. Just because they're heels? You would think they wouldn't want to help the other tag team. I guess... Also, the power and glory is probably already out. Yeah, yeah. Also, any, the any nasty boys. anything you can do to hurt LOD is good for, for for you for for any everybody's team. We see Jimmy Hart come out with a motorcycle helmet on. That's new. Yeah, I'm, uh, I wonder what he's going to do with that. I wonder exactly. <laughs> I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll find out. We see a young Macaulay Culkin in the audience. Yeah, and they make a reference to the first Home Alone movie. I imagine the second one's not out yet. It's only like 91. Probably not. I know that the second one came out pretty quickly after. We see Hart, Hart and Sags battle back to a corner until Jerry hits a cheap shot to gain control. Hitman's tossed to the ropes, ducks a clothesline, and comes back with a Thez press. And Nobbs comes in receiving an inverted atomic drop and a right hand to knock him out of the ring. Sags is on the apron, and Brett slingshots him back into the ring and goes for an Irish whip, but is reversed. When Jerry tries for a big boot, Hart catches it, sweeps the leg, and, and stomps, stomps the, the gut. That's what you get for being nasty. Nobbs is yelling for Nightheart, so Anvil tags in. The two men are trading blows. Nightheart with an Irish whip hard into a turnbuckle, followed by a hip toss, a shoulder tackle, to send Brian to the floor. Sags jumps in to receive a shoulder tackle to send the nasties out to regroup. Back in the ring, Sags tosses Anvil to the ropes, but Neidhart comes back, slamming Jerry's head to the mat. I really like Anvil in this match. I don't know why, but he just seems to be, like, extra on. Hitman slams Sags' head into the turnbuckle, mounted punches, rush in, leg sweep, goes to the second rope for an elbow drop, and Nobbs comes in and is initially knocked down, but once Brett turns around, Brian hits a forearm across the back to take Brett down. Clothesline from Sags to knock Hart to the floor. Anvil's down to check on him, 
but the ref is getting him back to his corner, allowing Nobbs to attack Hitman out on the floor, all while Nightheart starts chasing after Jimmy Hart. But again, the ref stops him, making him get back to his corner. So Jerry hits a hard Irish whip into the turnbuckle, a backbreaker, locks on a reverse chin lock. Brian's then in with forearms across the back, locks that chin lock back on, sags with an elbow drop, neck breaker, back to the chin lock. Brett breaks free with a neck breaker, but Nobbs keeps Hart from making the tag with elbow drops. And guess what? The chin lock. The chin lock. How else do you set up a hot tag? Chin lock. Beat him down slowly. Make that crowd bored and annoyed. Hitman lifts Brian up onto his back, dropping him with a back suplex, but Sags jumps in, knocking Nightheart off the apron to keep the tag from happening. The Nasties go for a double-team Irish whip splash, but Hart moves and delivers a clothesline to Jerry. Hell yeah. He then crawls to the corner for the... Hot tag! But the ref is getting Knobs out of the ring, so he disallows it. Disallows? Yeah, he's like, Nightheart, no tag, no tag. <laughs> I just don't know if I've ever heard disallow. Jimmy Hart then tosses his megaphone into Brian, who goes to hit Hitman, who's being held by Sags. But he moves, and Jerry takes the shot and is knocked out. Hell yeah. So Hart is able to make it to the corner this time for a real hot tag. Anvil in with right hands, body slams Brian onto Jerry, double clotheslines the nasties, Back elbow and clothesline to Noms for a two count. Hell yeah. Nightheart with a power slam goes for the cover, but Sags breaks it up. Hitman's ended brawl with Jerry, but he rolls to the outside and starts running away from the chasing heart. Right as Sags rolls back into the ring, Anvil hits an Irish whip when the nasties bump into each other. The foundation hits the heart attack, but the ref doesn't make the count as he's forcing Brett to get back to his corner. The ref's the real heel here. Jimmy Hart then tosses the helmet. Oh, that's, that's why. Oh, yeah, because the because the because sometimes you need... More than one foreign object. Exactly. Sometimes the first one fails. Which Sags grabs, hits Nightheart over the head with it, <sighs> allowing Knobs no. to roll on top for the pin and, and the win. win. Good shit. I'm sad. Also, and new! New tag team champions, the Nasty Boys. What, a, like... The Nasty Boys, pretty yeah. good, but come on, they just got here. You gotta have that heel, heel team. I know. This is in heel territory, but I mean, you know. Also, this would be the Hart Foundation's <laughs> last pay-per-view match. The original Hart Foundation, I guess I should say. Yeah. Well, I miss you, and I love you. That's but there's all. many good things to come. <laughs> oh, yeah, plenty, plenty of good things to come. We then go to a video package. We see Rick Martell and Jake Roberts on the Brother Love Show when the model starts spraying arrogance on Damien. But when the snake tries to stop him, and I don't mean Damien, I mean Jake. Jake, yes. The spray goes into his eye, blinding him. (sighs) Trainers are putting bandages on his eye. We see Brother Love and Martell making fun of Jake as he stumbles around on the stage before the model hits him and Brother Love is DDT'd. Yeah, this is uh, this is the kind of thing that like WWF Does when they when they now. when they when they do well when they do when they do stuff like this well, it's great. And this is a prime example of them doing shit like this well, doing silly shit but making it making it good television. 
We see Martel's having a match when the snake comes into attacking, but he accidentally grabs Tito Santana instead. <gasps> Leave my Tito alone. Poor Tito. Arriba, man. I know, but like, and again, he does, still doesn't get his blow-off match. <laughs> like, not even on television. I know, Tito and Martel were <laughs> yeah. having that blow-off match. Uh, yeah, on like s- superstars, superstars or something. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, we then go to uh, to the back and... I thought this was still part of the video package, but it, this was actually a live, like a live oh, yeah. promo that Roberts is cutting, and he says, "The blind leading the blind. Even a fool knows that a man only has five senses, and a snake has six. <laughs> we always do it better in the dark." So good. And the entire time, the camera is just continuously closing in on his eye. Yeah, is it like a white contact? In? Yeah. I mean, uh, he's actually blind in one eye. Yeah, keep it because because when you go blind in one eye, it just turns white. So we go to a fifth match: the model Rick Martel versus Jake the Snake Roberts in a blindfold match. Come on, we're at WrestleMania. Let's have some fun. As soon as you hear that, are you just like, what? Wah, wah, wah. Uh, you know, it's a really good thing that they've taken the time, have the money and the technology to at least set it up. In WrestleMania, like with the package, like because if if this was like WrestleMania one and it was just like a blindfold match, they wouldn't even told us on the goddamn commentary. We've no. come a long way. Yeah. So, that's true. Uh, but yeah, it's if we were just thrown into this, I'd be like, whatever. But I'm already pumped for because they set it up for four minutes. I agree. the The video package did its job. Did its job, and the thing is, is the thing that the uh, feud was done well enough ahead of time that the package could be that good exactly. so kudos so we see the refs tying black bags around each of the wrestlers heads with little breathing holes you can totally tell they have some mesh so that they're not completely blind <laughs> yeah but if you're far away in the arena you might not have been able to tell it looks good either way i mean you know you have something over your head you got some over your head exactly both men are reaching out trying to find their opponent the crowds marco help. Literally, they're playing Marco Polo as the crowd helps Jake by yes. telling him where to go. It's such a good because every like Jake's been over forever. I agree. Yeah. So it's just it's just great that they're helping him and that they knew that that would happen if he just pointed. That's the thing. This match doesn't work if Roberts isn't as over as he is. Yeah. Like if people aren't invested and they're invested because it's Roberts. Martel's good at being a shit, and they have a. A good, uh, a good little angle here. Roberts finally finds him, but Martel scurries away, but stands up and trips backward over the snake for a two count. The model starts choking, Irish whipping Roberts, ducking his head, but Jake runs back, but to the side of Martel, so they don't bump at all. They continue to search for each other. They bump into each other, so they run towards the other, but miss each other, <laughs> causing the, mod- the model to run straight into the ropes, knocking him down. Jake then stumbles into Martel, but the model picks him up for a body slam and goes for an elbow drop, but Roberts has moved. Martel finds the ref and starts to attack him, but quits when he realizes that he has a shirt in his hand. And he's like, wait, <laughs> that's right. that's not a Roberts snake. doesn't have a shirt on. The snake claps his hand to attract the model towards him, but then slithers his way behind him. But they're in the ropes. The ref makes him break the hold. We get a DDT chant. DDT. DDT. 
Martell's crawling towards the corner and finds Damien's bag, which scares him, backing him up uh, right in front of Roberts. Dude, that was a good angle and a nice pop. Love that he grabbed the bag. And that he grabbed the ref first. It's just like, you gotta set it up. Jake goes to grab the model, but Martell again escapes away. Finding the model again, Jake locks on a side headlock, but is tossed to the ropes. They shoulder tackle each other on the way back, sending the snake through the ropes to the outside. Martell rolls out of the ring and grabs a chair and starts stabbing the air <laughs> with it, slamming it against the ring post, hurting his hand. Yep. He's trying to find that snake. Roberts then grabs the model, dragging him back into the ring, but a shot to the gut by Martell has him in control, picking up the snake for a body slam and turns him over into a Boston Crab. But Jake powers his way out, sending the model head first into a turnbuckle. Martell's backing up, but Roberts finds him, spins him around to hit the DDT, reaches out to find him on the mat to get an arm on the body for the pin and, and the, the win. win. <sighs> That's the pop. Post-match, the snake busts the atomizer, pulls Damien out of his bag, and goes to wrap him around Martell. But the model escapes back to the locker room. I like that uh, Jake goes to grab like the, the, the arrogance spray or whatever, and you think he's going to use it on him, but, you know, he's a face. He's too good for that. He's just going just gonna to make sure that it, that it doesn't get used on anybody else. I agree. Granted, he is a face that puts snakes on people, but come on. Who cares? It's cool. It's been a little while... And I, I remember having the opinion that I was like, Jake is super over, but I don't I don't see it. Yeah. I think this is my favorite. Oh, this, Jake is, this, is, the, this is the one that did it for you? Yeah. I mean, and this the thing is, they don't, don't even touch. do a lot in this it's match. Just, it's, you know that Jake laid this whole thing out. Super good wing psychology. <laughs> yeah. And like, like we said earlier. Like, the Can you imagine way, watching way, this when you're like six years old? It would have been incredible. The only reason this match is over, like it's as good as it is, is because they, S- Snake is over. Yeah, and as... they do everything right. Like I said, like grabbing the ref and I mean they have an issue with the ref before grabbing the snake bag is just like makes it that much better. Things like that, the you know the poking around with the with the chair. They're just like everything is stupid as it is. It fucking works. We then go to the locker room. Marlon Maples is there with the Nasty Boys and Jimmy Hart. And they're all celebrating. And then the Mountie, Dino Bravo, and Earthquake all show up to help celebrate. Nothing of importance is really said. Yeah, they all like kiss her, which was weird. I'm sure she loved that. <laughs> yeah. You don't want, yeah, yeah, you don't want a, a nice Jerry Sags peck on the cheek. Mm. Uh, a, real, a real wet one from Jimmy Hart. <laughs> On to the sixth match. Jimmy Superfly Snuka Brother. versus The Undertaker with Paul, Paul Bearer. Bearer. Percy Pringle himself. It's crazy. His, his real name's Percy Pringle? It's yes. like the craziest real name ever. It's like, who would name their kid Percy if the last name was Pringle? Such a dick move. So the match gets going. Undertaker attacks Snuka from behind, slams his head into the turnbuckle, choking him, jumping clothesline, more chokes... Irish whip, but is reversed by Superfly, who then charges into a big boot that sends him to the floor. <sighs> Superfly is like the perfect opponent, I feel like. Vertical suplex brings Snooka in from the apron. Taker goes for an elbow drop, but Superfly moves, 
hitting a headbutt, chops, another headbutt, Irish whip that's reversed, sending Snooka to the ropes, who ducks a clothesline and comes back with a crossbody, that the Undertaker ducks, sending Superfly over the ropes and to the floor. Snooka's back to the apron, hits a shoulder block, a headbutt, and goes for a springboard crossbody, but Taker catches him, hitting the tombstone pile driver for, for the, the pin, pin and, and the, the win. win. Uh. So Undertaker is 1-0 oh at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. This begins the, the whole deal. I wonder how long it goes. Uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. Shrug. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, I feel, I think Snooko was really good here. He was very good here. For like what, like he did a good job of putting Undertaker over like a motherfucker. Another sad note though, this is Snooka's final singles match. Yeah. At a pay-per-view. His Snooka's another one where, uh, it's kind of got that Benoit vibe where it's like, hmm, sometimes it's hard to watch these matches whenever certain things cross your mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got, I popped just here in, just for Undertaker's entrance because it was like, ah. Oh, it's so nice to hear the fucking the music. And I love this look under the Undertaker with like the big old tie and everything. I guess the urn's still here. It's just I'm excited for everything classic. to come. I mean yeah, it's just like yeah, classic Taker is so fun. And it's so crazy that it's like kind of the most outlandish of all the things they've done so far. It's true. We then go to a video package. We see Savage attacking Warrior as he has Virgil up in a press slam before hitting a scepter drop from the top rope. And then we cut back to the scene of Sherry seducing and Savage attacking Warrior at Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Gorilla's pre- previewing the match when all of a sudden Bobby is looking off into the crowd and then starts saying, who's, that, who's out there? That looks like that, that looks person like looks like Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth? And the cameras catch her in the crowd, and it is indeed Miss, Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And already, everyone's heart begins to swell. Just a little bit. Even the Grinches. Mm-hmm. So we go to our seventh match. We got Macho King Randy Savage with Queen Sensational Sherry versus Ultimate Warrior in a retirement match. <sighs> Couldn't find the exact reason why they made this a retirement match, but it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that uh, I know the reason for that either. I think, I mean, we all know that they wanted to put Macho on, on the mic. But they'd been, they're not gonna, that's not the reason they're going to tell you on television. No. Behind the scenes, that's kind of the deal. So Savage and Sherry come out on their throne. And the warrior walks down to the ring. Even Heenan's wondering why he isn't running. He always runs. I know, that, it, that was weird. I did like that they put Sherry and... Macho with like the double throne. The double throne. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice touch. But yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe Warrior realized he actually had to do something. And so I assume that Rick Rude's artist has just been out of business for a bit because Warrior did him a solid by getting him to do oh, a jacket, man. I forgot knee about pads, and his tights for him. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about that. They're incredible. He's got like Macho on one knee pad himself on the other knee pad like one tail of his jacket like coattails yeah. is like this is like yeah not the same but it's set up that's a macho and a and a warrior i wonder who has that jacket 
I know. I imagine. I literally got the same thing. I was like, Does Conrad Thompson own that jacket? That's a classic piece of wrestling memorabilia. Yeah, if they still had like, what do you call it? Like a plant, a planet WWF, like a planet Hollywood. I know they had the one in um, Times Square at some point, but it's like, oh, that's when you go get your cheeseburger, and uh, on the way to the bathroom, you walk around, you take a picture with the with the the warrior warrior jacket. The warrior jacket, exactly. We see both men going to corners to get crowd reactions. Of course, Warrior gets the bigger one. Mm-hmm. Warrior's using the power advantage early on until Savage hits a knee lift, multiple eye rakes, forearms across the back, but Warrior fires back with the shoulder tackle to force Macho to regroup on the floor. But not for long, as Sherry distracts Warrior long enough, Savage comes in from behind to hit a running double axe handle, goes yes. for an Irish whip, but Warrior reverses and hits a clothesline. Warrior picks up Macho with a double choke hold, hits an inverted atomic drop, another atomic drop, another double choke hold. When Sherry rolls into the ring, so Warrior tosses Savage at her, knocking them both down. Sherry's a champ. Warrior's punching away at Macho, whose arms get tangled up in the ropes, and tosses him to the ropes. But Warrior ducks his head, allowing Savage to kick him and hit a clothesline. Macho goes up to the top rope for a crossbody, but Warrior catches him, but just sets him down and then slaps him. <laughs> Disrespect. I know. Not even going to turn it around into a power slam. Just going to set you down and slap, slap you. Yeah. A nice little touch. Macho again goes out to regroup, tosses a chair into the ring when the ref grabs it, but that causes enough of a distraction that Warrior comes in to hit Warrior with a running double axe handle. Warrior retaliates with massive right hands, kicks in the corner, an Irish whip and charges in, but Macho moves, so Warrior hits the turnbuckle shoulder first and falls over the top rope. Sherry comes over to pick up Warrior, hits him across the throat. Savage comes off the top rope with a double axe handle. Sherry's back on the attack with eye rakes and and a back rake, but Warrior shoves her off. Then Macho hits him from behind and runs him into the ring post. Posted. And we've been they've been cutting to Liz on the in the crowd. Yes. Just just uh, putting that out. Occasionally there. just yeah. her looking worried. Mm-hmm. How could she not be? Sherry kicks Warrior before Savage drags him back into the ring, hitting a body slam and a knee drop for a two count. Macho goes for a neck breaker, but Warrior reverses it into a backslide pin attempt for a near fall. Savage spits at Warrior, Oof. goes to the outside where Warrior looks to follow but decides against it and turns and sees Sherry up on the apron, allowing Macho to come back in, but Warrior turns in time to catch Savage's boot and spins him around into a clothesline. Warrior's running the ropes, goes for a flying shoulder tackle, but Macho moves and face plants the Warrior for good measure to get a two count. Sherry has climbed almost all the way into the ring and pounding on the ring when the ref gently shoves her back to the floor. <laughs> Warriors running the ropes, misses a clothesline, and the two men both hit clotheslines on their way back for a double KO. <sighs> Again, Sherry's up on the apron, so the ref is trying to deal with her as Macho picks up Warrior for a body slam. But Warrior reverses into a small package, but only a two count because of the distraction. Warriors arguing with the ref when Savage hits a jumping high knee that sends Warrior into the ref. Ref bump. Sherry climbs to the top rope while Macho holds Warrior, and she comes off with a, her heel in her hand. But Warrior moves, and Savage takes the blow. Oh my god. So War- good. Warrior begins to stalk Sherry around the outside of the ring. 
She rolls back into the ring, and finally, Warrior catches her, but Savage cradles Warrior for a near fall. More right hands by Warrior. Macho pulls Warrior's tights, sending him face first into a turnbuckle. Savage hits a rubber band slam, guillotines him across the top rope, clothesline, body slam, goes to the top rope for a Savage elbow, and another, and another. Getting greedy. And another. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. And another. <laughs> what, five? Five savage elbows. But Warrior kicks out. Oh my god. Unacceptable. Warrior begins to ultimate up as Macho hits double axe handles across the back. Warrior with right hands. A clothesline. Another clothesline. Another clothesline. Press slam. Warrior splash. For the pin, and the Savage kicks out. Hell yes. My God. Warrior's yelling at his hands, looking up at the heavens, not knowing what to do. But I'm the warrior. <laughs> he begins to leave the ring when Savage attacks, knocking him out to the floor. Sherry is holding Warrior draped over the guardrail when Macho comes off the top rope with a double axe handle. But Warrior pushes off Sherry and catches Savage in the gut on his way down. It seems the power is flowing back into the warrior as he rolls Macho back into the ring. Hits a flying shoulder block to knock Savage to the floor. Warrior rolls him in. Hits another flying shoulder block and again Macho goes flying out of the ring. Warrior grabs him, rolls him back into the ring. Hits a third flying shoulder block and drags him to the middle of the ring. Putting a foot on Savage's chest. For the pin. And the the win. Everyone went banana. Savage is retired. I know. And Warrior just beat him with three shoulder tackles. To the five elbow drops. And a foot on the chest. Really, really uh, did him in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Post-match. Warrior grabs his jacket and celebrates in the ring. Sherry jumps in the ring after Warrior leaves and starts yelling at Macho, kicking him multiple times. Oh my god, Sherry. Slamming his head on the mat. Kicking the man while he's down. Miss Elizabeth then jumps over the railing, starts running to the ring, and grabs Sherry by the head and tosses her out to the floor. Oh my god. This is where your heart just gets three sizes too big. Savage is shoving Elizabeth off, not knowing that it was her. Sherry's still yelling at them from ringside. Macho finally realizes that Elizabeth had come to help. And, and this Liz is when crying. And this is when everybody's damn breaks. And the two hug. Oh my god. I glassed over pretty heavily. It was pretty dusty <laughs> in the old living room yeah. watching this. Savage picks her up on their shoulder, bringing back memories of WrestleMania 4. People are crying at ringside. Oh my god, they got and the, at the, home. the camera did it perfectly. They had people like at least like a good four shots of like women just bawling. Elizabeth goes to hold the ropes open for Macho, but he says not this time. Oh my god! He then holds the ropes open for Liz, and as, after she leaves, he takes one more moment to pose as. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he is forced to retire. My God! We then get the WrestleMania logo on the screen. And Gorilla and Bobby discuss the upcoming matches. Uh, why couldn't... The show could have been over here. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I don't know that... Yeah. I forgot what happened before this. I don't know if there's anything that even happens after this. Because it's just 
So good. We go to the back with Regis Philbin, who's joined by The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. And Regis asks, isn't it a great day to be alive? All while Taker is measuring Regis with a tape measure. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not saying anything except for the numbers to, to Paul Bearer. It's really funny. I think we all forget that Undertaker originally was a mortician. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he's like, he's fitting him for a suit. The dead man. But yeah. He literally was a mortician was his gimmick when it's, he first started. It's pretty great. But yeah, just him measuring him and like not paying attention to Regis at all. And just, he's like, he's 27, <laughs> like, you know, like 18, just giving him measurements. We then go over to Alice Trebek in the locker room with Demolition and Mr. Fuji. They remind us that it's Master Fuji. Yeah. Alex says, I usually have all the answers, and the contestants have to have quick reflexes, cool under pressure, and use their knowledge. Those same qualities seem like they would really work here in the WWF. And Smash tells us that Master Fuji has all the answers. And Kreshler. Master Fuji knows all about pain, torture, and suffering. Mm-hmm. And Fuji chimes in with, Soon our Japanese opponents will know about it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We then go to Regis. <laughs> Regis is with Jinashiro Tenru and Koji Kitao. And Philbin is asking them questions, but they never answer because they're Japanese. Yeah. Until Regis says, Japanese car companies. And he then says... they start... Toyota. They go, mm, yes, Toyota. Yes. Isuzu, mm. yes. Uh, he says Columbia Pictures? I didn't get that <laughs> I one. I didn't get that one. Yeah, either. it's like, you mean Toho? <laughs> like, <laughs> but then they realize who, who Regis is, and they go, Kathy Lee? Yeah. That was a horrible impression. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. We then go back to Alex Trebek with Jake Roberts and Damien, and Jake tells us that Damien's a big fan of Jeopardy and wants to be a contestant. But Trebek takes off running when Robert sticks Damien in his face. Mm-hmm. We then cut back to Bobby and Gorilla, where Bobby is laughing his ass off. <laughs> we then head to our eighth match of Demolition, consisting of Smash and Crush. I know. With Master we're, Fuji. We're axless. We're versus Jinichiro Tenru and Koji Katao. Tenru is a Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's our first, uh, I guess we've seen all these people a lot of times before, so this is the first first new to the show. First n- new people in quite some time. Yeah. Katow, as I know that you love sumo, mm-hmm. he was actually a Yokozuna before leaving sumo and entering the world of professional wrestling. I didn't realize that he made it to Yokozuna. Was he the guy that you said never won a tournament? He never won a tournament <laughs> at all, but he was a Yokozuna. That's so crazy. So the match gets going. Demolition goes right after Katow, but Koji reverses an Irish whip to hit a jumping high knee on Crush. Smash comes in, but Katow begins the choking, which allows Crush to wrangle him in and Mr. Fuji to hit him with his cane. Bobby and Gorilla discuss what it takes to become a grand champion in sumo, which the brain gets all the facts wrong. (laughs) What does he say? I don't remember, but... But it was just like, oh, yeah, you know enough to be like, oh... I know enough about sumo that (laughs) I was like... No, that's not how no, it works. That's now. not how it works. I think they talk about them eating ten thousand calories a day. That, I do remember that. Yes. <laughs> As Smash hits a back suplex, followed by clubbing forearms, crushed with a top rope double axe handle, a body slam, Smash back in with right hands, choking Katow across the ropes. 
Heenan and Monsu tar- start talking about Katal's name. And Bobby's saying, Ketal. And Gorilla's like, you would have trouble if his name was Fred, Bobby. And Bobby responds with, that's a silly name for a Japanese wrestler. Uh-huh. Demolition continues to work over Ketal, slamming his head into a turnbuckle, Irish whip. But Ketal charges out to hit a clothesline on Smash and makes it to the corner for a <gasps> rising sun tag. Rising sun tag, all right. They're Japanese. Why not? Yeah, I like it. Tinru's in with chops, drop kick on Crush, scoop slam on Smash, goes up to the top rope, but missing an elbow drop. So Smash with a clothesline and Crush with a backbreaker, and then followed by a back suplex by Smash. Demolition sets up for the decapitation, but Katow runs in to stop Crush for a moment, but is then tossed to the outside. Crush goes back to the top rope, but Katow makes his way back to the apron to push Crush off to the floor. Katow and Smash are brawling. Tenru comes from behind to hit an Insiguri and a powerbomb on Smash for the, the pin, pin and, and the win. win. Didn't expect that. You know why? Because this would be Demolition's last pay-per-view together. Oh, wow. All right. It's like, so they're like, okay, well... I guess we'll take Axe out of the situation. And then they're like, okay, well, I guess we're just done now. <laughs> like, right after that? They were basically bottom-of-the-barrel heel team at this point. Cause, yeah. I mean, you've had the Nasties come in. You've had Legion of Doom come in. Yeah. They, I mean, I'm not saying Legion of Doom was heels, but I'm just saying. No, no. I mean, they fucked it up when they brought Legion of Doom in. I mean, it was, it was smart for WWF and for, you know, but, like, you know, Demolition was super over until they did that. We then go to the back mean jeans there with Big Boss Man. And the boss man tells us, all those insults hurt my mama's feelings. And when you hurt her feelings, you hurt Hurt my my feelings. feelings. Because the Heenan family had been making comments about his mama, basically. Mm -hmm. I've mowed down the rest of your family, and now it's your turn, Mr. Perfect. And then we go to Sean Mooney, who's with Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan. And Heenan references Rodney King. Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh, I guess, yeah, 91. It had happened earlier in the month, basically. Yeah. And they are in L.A. Exactly. And he lets everyone know that Perfect is going to deal out justice to Barney Fife. Like we said earlier. Promos on this show aren't, aren't great. I mean, you know, they're also not the worst. We've seen bad ones. These are not horrible. No, no. They're not great, though. We then go to our ninth match. We got Big Boss Man versus Mr. Perfect. Hard time. With Bobby the Brain Heenan. And, and since Heenan is at ringside, Lord Alfred Hayes has joined Gorilla for commentary for this match. I know. When was the last time we saw old Al? Man, when was the last time we saw Al? WrestleMania 2? I don't know. It's It's been a bit. Yeah, he may have showed up at some other shows, like, but only a small amount. I When he talks to Gorilla, they talk about being glad that they're not wrestlers anymore. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that Al wrestled. Yeah, both of them were wrestlers. I mean, I know bad about Gorilla, but... So Perfect, they're in the ring, and Perfect tosses his towel at Bossman. Also, this is a title match, right? It is IC title, right? You are correct. It is for the WWF Intercontinental (laughs) Championship. I totally forgot to write that down. I got you, dog. Perfect tosses his towel at Bossman as they're standing in the ring, who grabs it, wipes his ass, and tosses it back at Perfect. Nice little touch. Boss Man then spits at him, but Perfect slaps Big Boss Man. <laughs> the Perfect Slap? The Perfect Slap. 
Perfect slides out to the outside, but Boss Man follows out and slaps Perfect back. Finally back in the ring, Boss Man swings Perfect around by the hair. An Irish whip, which is reversed by Perfect, but Boss Man slides out of the ring, comes back in with a clothesline that Perfect ducks and charges into a knee from Boss Man. Boss Man follows with a clothesline and tosses Perfect over the ropes, where he regroups with the brain. Once Perfect makes his way back in, he's Irish whipped, where Boss Man charges in, but Perfect moves, causing Boss Man to hit shoulder first on the turnbuckle. Perfect goes for an Irish whip, which is reversed, sending him hard into the turnbuckle. Perfect makes his way to the ropes, but Big Boss Man hits a running body guillotine, takes his belt off, and starts whipping Perfect with it. You know what's really funny? What is really funny? That... He's got another belt underneath his belt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, his pants aren't staying up. Uh, yeah. And then and you like, can see the belt buckle. Hey, he's like, hey, he's got two, another belt. Two belts. Old boss man, two belts. The ref gets boss man to release the belt, and Heenan grabs his attention long enough for Perfect to grab the belt and wrap it around his wrist to deliver multiple right hands. Oh, those, that leather fist. It hurts so much more than a normal fist. Perfect with an Irish whip. Locks on a reverse chin lock grabbing the ropes for leverage, but changes it into an ab stretch and hits a drop kick for a two count. Chops, snap mare, neck snap by perfect, goes for the perfect plex, but boss man reverses into a small package for a near fall. Perfect right back on the attack with, with another neck snap, comes off the top rope, but big boss man gets a boot up into the chin of perfect, much to the surprise of Heenan. <sighs> Bossman slams Perfect's head into the turnbuckle and tosses him by his hair, crotches him on the ring post. Oh my god. Hits a big uppercut to send Perfect to the floor. So Big Bossman starts stalking after the brain, but that allows Perfect to attack from behind, tossing Bossman into the steel steps head first. Gotta love those steel steps. Heenan joins in with some kicks to Big Bossman, and all of a sudden the sc- murmur comes over the crowd. And we see Andre the Giant yeah, walking to the ring. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't expect Andre to be here. Last time we saw Andre was one year prior at WrestleMania six. I mean, I guess I, I guess I should be smarter than that. But I mean, why would I be thinking about Andre at this point? He had shown up on TV like, for a few weeks before the show. Yeah, yeah. But, the, uh, to, but to no, boost, boost sales. Nothing that was like, yeah, he's going to be, yeah. be part of this match, like. Yeah. At WrestleMania 6 is episode 44, if you want to go back and listen to those in the archives. We then see Andre stalking Heenan as Perfect takes off the top turnbuckle pad. Andre grabs the IC belt from the timekeeper and continues to stalk Bobby. Perfect sees that he has the belt, but continues attack on Bossman by running him into the exposed turnbuckle, knocking him out. Perfect is yelling at the ref about the belt, tells Bobby, and goes to grab it from Andre who proceeds to hit Perfect with the belt. Everybody's laid out in the middle of the ring, but Bossman makes it to his feet first and goes for the cover for a near fall. All of a sudden, Haku and Barbarian immediately hit the ring and attack Big Bossman, causing the ref to call for the bell. We get a big boot from Barbarian to Bossman, Andre with the right hand to Perfect, Big Bossman's fighting back, Andre's tripping and dragging Barbarian out of the ring, running him into the ring post. And we get the announcement that the winner by DQ is, is Big, Big Boss, Boss Man. So, Perfect still has the belt. Yes. We got to see Andre. Heenan family, you know. They, they came out to save the bud. Didn't come out on top, but they still have their prize. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boss Man actually looked really good in this match. 
perfect always looks good, so that's that's yeah. that's uh, not a problem. I mean, the man, yeah, perfect. When perfect sells, it's so good. As Andre's walking back to the locker room, we see Bossman catch up with him, grabbing him from behind, and we and we're all like, "Oh no, he helped you." What are we doing? Ooh, yeah, yeah. But he raises their arms in victory, and they shake hands. It was a nice little moment. Get the little rub from Andre. Yeah, exactly. Man. It's like, yeah, like, Bossman, Bossman's getting over here. We then see Mean Gene out in the crowd, and he's there with Donald Trump, Chuck Norris, Henry Winkler, and, and Lou Ferrigno. None of them really say anything of importance. That's true, but you can understand all of them, except for Lou Ferrigno, who obviously doesn't speak any language. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like, man. Watch Hulk. You can. Yeah. Incredible yeah. Hulk. Mm-hmm. You can understand him completely. So we're off to our 10th match. We got Earthquake with Jimmy Hart versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, this is the highest Valentine I'll ever be on a, a show, right? <laughs> Probably at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and Heenan has rejoined Gorilla for commentary. The two lock up with Earthquake forcing Valentine in, into a corner. Hitting multiple shoulder blocks and a power slam. The hammer is Irish whipped into a corner, but moves out of the way of a charging quake and begins to deliver chops, elbows to the head, tries for his own Irish whip, but Earthquake reverses. But Valentine charges out with an elbow to the head that just makes Quake mad. Earthquake tosses hammer to the ropes, ducks his head, allowing Valentine to hit an elbow to the head, again, knocking Quake to a knee, followed by more chops. Left hands, clubbing forearms, clotheslines, a second rope elbow to the head, defiling knocking to the mat. Hammer comes off the ropes with another elbow drop, looks to go for the figure four, but instead hits a headbutt to the gut. This time does try for the figure four <laughs> yeah. when Jimmy Hart jumps up on the apron, so Valentine lets Quake go, opening the door for a low blow from behind. Earthquake then hits an elbow drop and starts stomping the mat, in anticipation to hit the earthquake earthquake splash for the the pin and the win. Post-match, Quake looks to hit another earthquake splash, but Valentine rolls out of the ring in time. So, I actually had a little bit of a problem with this match, because I'm like, Earthquake has looked really good against Hogan for a long time, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, he had to do a low blow to kind of take the hammer down. I don't know why he had to do a low blow to the hammer. I almost would have preferred a squash match. Yeah. As much as I like Valentine, I would have preferred a squash match. This definitely is not the best match on the show. We then go to the back. Sean Mooney's there with the Legion of Doom. Animal says, we should have had that title shot. As you remember earlier when I talked about it. Power and glory. Power and glory. They they got in the way. Hawk says, when we get done with you, you will be sour and gory. Oh, what a the sour and gory thing is really bad and pretty funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Sour and gory. I got a good chuckle out of it. Mm-hmm. I did it as well. So we go to that 11th match of Power and Glory, consisting of Hercules and Paul Roma, versus the Legion of Doom of Hawk and Animal. And as we were saying earlier, the story of this match, Power and Glory had interfered in that tag team battle royal to determine the number one contender to help eliminate Legion of Doom. And the Road Warriors were none too happy about it. Yep, and this one, now this is, is this for number one contendership at this point? I don't know if it, they don't, if they don't technically say, they don't say, it, say it, but, but you know, kind of expect it, basically. Yeah. 
Power and Glory attack before the bell, knocking Animal out of the ring. A double-team toss of Hawk to the ropes, who ducks a double-team back elbow, ducks a double-team clothesline, and then comes back with a double clothesline of his own. You know, uh, like a member of LOD. Hawk has back body dropped to the outside while Roma body slams Animal. Glory then comes off the top rope with a crossbody, but Animal catches him, delivering a power slam, while Hawk takes care of Hercules on the outside. You know, like Legion of Doom. Animal then Irish whips Roma to the corner, picks him up into an electric chair, and Hawk climbs to the top rope to hit the Doomsday device for the pin and And the the win win. in 59 seconds. Is that uh, a WrestleMania tag team record? Probably. I'm sure it's got to be. They they got their blow-off match. (laughs) Good for you, Power and Glory. Yeah. We then go to a video package about Virgil. We see Ted DiBiase getting a massage, getting his face wiped off, wiping the crap off the boots, all from Virgil. But you can see Virgil getting visually upset during the entire thing. Oh, yeah. We then see footage from the Royal Rumble match where Virgil hits the Million Dollar Man with the Million Dollar Belt. We're then in a match where Haku and Virgil are fighting when Roddy Piper jumps on the apron allowing Virgil to roll Haku up for the victory. Another video shows DiBiase in a match when he goes to the floor to confront Virgil, so he's counted out. Piper and Virgil were on a stage with Mean Gene, and Virgil says, you spell man V-I-R-G-I-L. It's good shit. The Piper here, for any reason other than maybe that he wore blackface, uh, a year or two ago? I mean, I remember at the Royal Rumble, he was very pro-Virgil on commentary. I mean, yeah. So they set it up. Yeah, yeah. But I think they it, wanted... They just needed somebody in Virgil's corner. They wanted Roddy on the show. Yeah. And he had just had hip surgery. Yeah. So... It's like, oh, well, we can... Having second Virgil... Yeah, I mean, it's going to give Virgil a rub, and everybody's already behind Virgil. And it also helps set up maybe possibly a Million Dollar Man, Roddy Piper match down the road, possibly. I don't know if they actually do it or not. No, I like Roddy being here and everything. I just just put that together in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, you remember that time that he wore, like, half black face? Unless we talk about that. (laughs) So the 12th match is Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase versus Virgil. With Roddy, Roddy Piper. Piper comes walking out with a crutch. And mm-hmm. Heenan says that he was riding his tricycle and got his skirt caught up <laughs> in the chin guard and flipped. And like I said, he actually had hip replacement surgery. Yeah. Early on in the match, we see some fancy footwork and quick jabs by Virgil that sends DiBiase out to regroup. The Million Dollar Man's throwing hands, but Virgil ducks and returns to the quick punches for DiBiase again. Virgil is definitely doing, like, a boxing thing. He's doing the, the fast, fancy feet. He's wearing, like, white and red boxing gear. He looks pretty incredible, and obviously I feel like they're doing the boxing thing because I don't think he's a trained wrestler if you watch this. So, like, him throwing punches and stuff is something that you, yeah. you can get away with better. I mean, it hides, it hides the work. Yeah, yeah. And plus, everybody's behind Virgil, and like it's uh, real feel-good stuff. Virgil brings Million Dollar Man back in with a slingshot, hits multiple clotheslines to send DiBiase back out to the floor. Virgil falls out, 
to roll Million Dollar Man in when DiBiase hits a kick to the gut and a clothesline to gain control. Million Dollar Man's running the ropes, Virgil with a forearm to knock him over for a two count. DiBiase keeps complaining to the ref about something to stall and finally takes Virgil down with a drop toehold, face planting multiple times, rams his head into the turnbuckle several times, chops a back elbow, a clothesline, and hits a pile driver for a near fall. Damn, Verge. Million Dollar Man follows with a vertical suplex, a gut-wrench suplex for a two-count, and then tosses Virgil to the floor. DiBiase's chopping away at Virgil before throwing him back in the ring, and then shoves Piper down. Which, of course, Piper's got crutches. How are you going to get booed? You're already getting booed. The only way to get, worse, get booed worse is pushing down somebody that everybody loves. Pushing down the cripple. Guy. Yep. Back in the ring, Million Dollar Man with a power slam. While Piper starts making his way to the ring, DiBiase goes to run the ropes right as Roddy yanks the ropes down with his crutch <laughs> to send the Million Dollar Man over and to the floor. Nice touch. Good on you, Rod. Piper's hit by DiBiase on the outside, and Million Dollar Man's up on the apron, but he kicks Roddy down again right as the ref gets to the 10 count, and Virgil is the winner by countout. I would have liked to see Virgil get the pin, but Virgil won, and that's what's important here. Post-match, DiBiase continues the attack, locking on the Million Dollar Dream on Virgil. Piper crawls into the ring and smacks Million Dollar Man across the back with a crutch. I love it. Sherry then comes running down into the ring and grabs the crutch and starts helping DiBiase attack Roddy's knee until Virgil can steal the crutch away, who's swinging away to clear the ring. Piper continues to swing the crutch, hitting the referees, not wanting any help from anybody. But Virgil takes the mic and repeats the same word that Piper had told him. Get yeah. up. Roddy finally lets Virgil help him up. Yeah, he's like he's back. like trying to he gets up he wants Roddy to get up by himself, which honestly, if he was legitimately hurt, it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. But uh he's you know, he's encouraging him or whatever, and when he gets like up Mostly up to his feet, he goes and helps him out. It's a, it's a real, real good. This is this is the kind of stuff you need to see at WrestleMania. Usually, you see the blow off or feuds, and this is kind of the almost the start of a feud. Unless, well, I mean, Virgil won. That's true. So I it's mean, kind of it's kind of like you know it ended one thing and started another all right here. Okay, that's true. And you bring and you bring Sherry into it. The Virgil's gone, so obviously we're setting up Sherry and Million Dollar, right? Which should be a fun, a fun combination. I hope so. I'm I'm not f- super familiar with it. I know that Sherry with Macho Man. You would think that, you know, neither of them needed each other, but together they were fucking incredible. So, we then go to the locker room, and Sean Mooney actually then sends us to a video package, and we see Slaughter lighting a Hulk Rules shirt on fire, and it goes straight up. It's like they soaked that thing. <laughs> Then Slaughter and General Adnan join Mooney in the locker room. Adnan speaks in a foreign language, which you can't understand. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a foreign language, but yeah, he's trying. And then Sarge tells us, listen up, you pukamaniacs. And the ultimate slime, Hulk Hogan, we're playing by my rules. And Mooney then sends us to another video package showing some of the rules Slaughter has established. Which, which is cheating. Cheating, basically. Yes. Cheating and not giving a shit about getting DQ'd because he keeps the belt. Because we see Sarge whipping Hacksaw 
Jim Duggan when mm-hmm. Hogan runs down only to be hit with a chair across his back. Back in the locker room, Sarge starts going all the ways he could win the war, but maybe, maybe not, not the, the battle. battle. A good angle for that. Be like, oh, well, he doesn't care if he's cheating. Like, he's a total scumbag. He just wants to keep the belt. We'll see how that plays out in the main event. So we go to our 13th match of the Mountie with Jimmy Hart versus Tito Santana. And the Mountie is... Oh, no, we've already covered him. It was Jacques Rougeau. Uh, yeah, we talked about him at the Royal Rumble uh-huh. for a moment. Tito sent to the ropes as the match starts. Mountie with a leapfrog. And Santana comes back with a flying forearm to send the Mountie out to the floor. Tito follows out and hits a double noggin knocker on Jimmy Hart and the Mountie, rolling him back in, hitting an atomic drop and a big right hand. Santana's trying to drag the Mountie to the middle of the ring, but he's holding on to the ring apron, so the ref forces Tito to back off. Hart then hands the cattle prod to the Mountie, who sticks it right into Santana's gut to knock him down. Makes the cover for the pin and And the the win. win. You were sad, I know. I mean, I don't want to see Tito uh, lose to, like, Jacques Rougeau in this terrible of a fucking gimmick. The Mountie's going up, and Tito's going down. Yeah. What's with the cat by cattle prod? Just because? Maybe the Mounties in Canada do something with with cattle cattle prods. I don't know. know. Hopefully. I mean, I don't want to get pulled over in Canada then. Definitely not. Mean Gene's in in the back with Hulk Hogan, and Hulk lets us know that Sarge may be laughing now. But after our match, he sure won't get the last laugh. And it wasn't a laughing matter when you torched the Hogan banner. You tried to scorch the dreams of each and every one of my little Hulkamaniacs. Gene then asks, Dude. Are you the same man as you were just one week ago? Which is when he got hit with the chair. Yeah. Well, actually, Gene then sends it to a video package. Okay. And we see Hogan in a match with General Adnan. When Slaughter jumps in the ring, hits Hulk with the belt from behind multiple times, locking on the camel clutch with multiple refs trying to pull them off. Yeah, it's a good look. There's like five guys trying to pull them off. And we go back to Hogan and he says, I'm not the same man. Wait till you see what kind of man I am now. So is this the official heel turn? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it is. He's going to go in there and uh, just take a finger poke from Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> and they'll start the uh, IWO, the Iraqi World Order. <laughs> I do like that uh, he, Hulk says he's going to be the new WWF champion. <laughs> All I can do is laugh at that. It's like, yeah, not the first time. But you'd be Different a- verse, same chorus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, say yeah. What is it? Second verse, same as the first. Yep. <laughs> He's gonna go out there and play another Ramon song. We then go to the ring, and the Fink announces the celebrity co-host Alex Trebek, mm-hmm. who will be our guest ring announcer. Marlon Maples, who will be the guest timekeeper, and Regis Philbin, who's gonna join the commentary table. Cool. cool. So we're off to our fourteenth match, the main event: Sergeant Slaughter with General Adnan. Versus Hulk Hogan for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. The champion comes out first. Foreshadowing. I love this dot matrix uh, printer sign that these this is, yes. this is like these little kids and their family have. It's great. So Marla rings the bell and the Hulkster starts chasing Sarge on the outside of the ring till everyone's back in the ring and Slaughter can hand over the belt. 
The two men lock up and stumble around the ring for quite some time until Hogan throws Sarge off. Hogan's running the ropes, hits a shoulder block that forces Slaughter to roll out to a group. But Hulk follows out and hits a double axe handle across Sarge's back. But Adnan comes in with a double axe handle of his own that doesn't phase Hulk. Hogan begins manhandling the general, allowing Slaughter to grab a chair and smash it across the back of Hulk. But he no-sells and starts stalking Sarge around the ring. Back in the ring, Slaughter with an eye rig to get on the offensive, slams Hogan's head multiple times on the turnbuckle. A back elbow, knee drops, goes for an elbow drop, but Hulk moves. Hogan firing back, hits a clothesline, and Adnan jumps on the apron. So Hulk decks him and turns in time to stop Sarge with a boot to the midsection and an eye rake. Hogan with the Irish whip, following in with a back elbow and atomic drop for a two count. Slaughter's again out to the outside, so Hulk follows out with a back rake before rolling him back in. Hulk with a running elbow to the head slams Sarge's head against multiple turnbuckles. A back body drop, Irish whip to send Slaughter gut first into the turnbuckle, followed by a jumping high knee to send him into the turnbuckle once again. Hogan goes for a catapult that sends Sarge headfirst into the ring post. Firing away with punches, chops, another Irish whip followed in with a clothesline, mounted punches, and ramming Slaughter headfirst into the turnbuckle again. Hulk goes to the second rope for a double axe handle, an eye rake, body slams, several elbow drops, and starts climbing to the top rope. But Adnan grabs his boot, allowing Sarge to recover and press slam the Hulkster off. Slaughter then hits a clothesline that sends Hogan over the top to the floor, rams him shoulder first into the ring post, smashes a chair over his back, and grabs a TV camera cord and begins choking <laughs> Hulk. I was wondering, I was like, is that a... That's not, I can't be a a shoot shoot cable like it's like they're like they're like make sure to use the green one. <laughs> back in the ring, Sarge working on the back of Hogan with a backbreaker for a near fall. Back to the attack, Slaughter rolls over the Hulkster into a Boston Crab, but Hogan is able to reach the rope. But instead, he tries to power out, but eventually just grabs the rope. Yeah, that was a. I was like, you're right. He seriously. Could probably grab it with his teeth if he wanted. He's closer to the rope than me and you are right now. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's really, really silly. I was like, what is he doing here? What is he trying to prove? The Hulk's never fucking proved anything to me. Except for that faces do, do eye rakes. Yeah. And back, <laughs> and rakes. back rakes. Sarge continues on the back, goes to the top rope with a falling boot to the back, and goes for a cover. But the general has jumped up on the apron to distract the ref. Slaughter then grabs a chair, hits Hulk across the head with it for a two count, and Hogan is busted open. Hulk is struggling to get to his feet, and Sarge knocks him back down with the clothesline, locks on the camel clutch in the middle of the ring, but lets it go long enough to stomp on the back a few more times before reapplying the clutch. Hogan begins to Hulk up, picking Slaughter up on his back, but is pushed face first into a turnbuckle. USA. Adnan then hand-sarge the ring, which he drapes over Hulk to make a cover. But Hogan kicks out, rips the flag in half. (laughs) Slaughter's throwing a right hand that is no-sold. Hulk stomping around the ring. Finger wag of doom. Oh, the finger wag of doom. Right hands, big boot, leg Leg drop, drop. pin, and And the the win. win. And And new. Post-match. Hogan grabs the American flag, waves it around, and begins to pose. 
somebody throws a flag into the ring, and, and Hogan wipes, wipes his bloody blood. head on it, and then throws it back. Toss the, it again. That's disgusting. I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was the one that he was waving around. I I went back for a second. And I was like, oh no, somebody threw it in there. It's like, why would you want that? That is gross. I know it's Hulk Hogan, but that's blood, man. Gorilla then says the goodbyes for the show, mm-hmm. and I ask you, Michael Temple. Yes. What are your overall thoughts? Of WrestleMania 7. Oh, well, it was another WrestleMania for sure. There's like a couple good things in here, which which is funny that best stuff on the show is the flair for the dramatic and not particularly the in-ring work, which makes sense for WWF. For WWF, but you know, show, show moves, moves nice and quick. It was an easy watch. I agree. I agree completely. I, I said a solid showing by the WWF. Yeah, totally. You gave me action, mm-hmm. drama, oh yeah, title changes. Yes. What more could someone want? Even though we don't love Hogan. No, he had to win here. He needed to win here because that was the story that I was, was being told. I was thinking if we didn't have this war, would we, like, at the time being, would there, who would have been could have warrior kept the belt like was I mean, that, that's what that. i said last yeah. episode that we covered at wwe i was like if the war doesn't happen is warrior and macho for the belt yeah. instead i mean that would I would, or do they like that or do they go back to warrior hogan yeah i mean was the plan always to put the belt back on hogan here yeah that i i haven't heard other than maybe some rumor and innuendo which who knows if yeah, I mean, you know, if things change on a daily basis in that company, I think so they mean, always have. Because I've heard the, there's rumor and innuendo yeah. from multiple different things. Like, I, I think there was a Slaughter interview and then also some Bruce Pritchard stuff that basically said that Slaughter was actually hired to, he was going to be given a, a, a title run at some point. Yeah. I don't know if... It just came about a lot quicker than what they expected or what. But I also have to say that if there was a dry house, a dry eye in your house after watching Savage and Elizabeth, yeah, then you have no, then you don't need to be watching wrestling. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that is we can get we can get to it. That's the best thing on the whole show, right? Good. Where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. Best moments of this show. The, the the centerpiece of the show is and the most time spent on any match. Maybe the maybe the last match was about as long. No, they were both about twenty minutes, it looks like. But, but it's not even it's not even really the match. Yeah. That, that I mean yeah, the, it, like, it's a really good match. Savage, Savage and Warrior is the best match on the show. But it's also the best story on the show. But the best moment is the, is best, the is, post-match stuff oh it's yeah it's easily the like this is all the savage stuff has basically been the most consistent and best shit in wwf since wrestlemania one like just about ever ever since savage has shown up he's basically been our favorite part of at least something that he has done has been yeah well they just they just really don't seem to drop the ball and it helps because they give him good stuff to do, and nobody's going to do it better than he does it. What other uh, moments did you really enjoy on this show? Oh, right. I really like the blindfold match. Blindfold match, great. Of course, the as far as like 
great stories. Like we have the blindfold match. We have Hogan Slaughter, and we have Savage and um, yeah, the Boss Man Perfect storyline going on. That was a oh, I didn't love that match as much as I think a lot of people say that's possibly Boss Man's best match. But I didn't really. I thought they, I liked the match a lot. I thought there was issues at the beginning of the match where they didn't quite where they didn't quite gel or they were we have to get to a certain point before Andre comes out. Yeah. And Andre almost became the the, yeah, the, the focal on, point of the match definitely. once he came out. But I think everything before that is was real good. I mean I I enjoyed that one, but it's not like number two or anything. But yeah, like Virgil Hogan. The the Virgil match was entertaining. Ultimate Warrior Jake Roberts, like those, all of those things were normal. Like WrestleMania should have that many, like good storylines that are done, you know, done that well. Like it should be chocked full of that. And then you know you have your Texas Tornado Dino Bravos in between there. You have your Bulldog Get people war- on the Bulldog Warlords. Yeah, exactly. But you, you can't just have everybody get on the show. You need to have multiple like engaging stories. And I think that that's why this show is so easy to watch. If I remember correctly, I think this may be the last WrestleMania that is just, there's matches just thrown on the show. There's always a, at least somewhat of a story yeah. reason for a match. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a good start for sure. What are your favorite, what were your favorites outside of, you know, we all know what the, what the crown jewel here is. I mean, favorite match. I mean, favorite match. I mean, is obviously the Savage, Savage Warrior. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would almost go. I think I liked. I really liked that Roberts Martel match. It, oh yeah, it, it was there great. wasn't. There wasn't a like I said when we talked about it earlier. There wasn't a whole lot of action in the match, but the ring psychology of it just really worked on me. Now you said as a kid you would probably be really pumped up. I think as a kid I probably would have been bored out of my mind. But they built it, and everybody likes Jake. So I think that that's. I'm just saying, if I was a, if I was thinking of it as a work rate type thing at six years old. Oh yeah, I, I know okay. I wouldn't be. No, no, you're just there for the. But at six years drama. old, I also fucking loved Hulk Hogan, and we're, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. shit on him every, pretty much every show. I mean, yeah, everybody, everybody does that at this point. At this point, so yeah. it's just like you know, those mindsets are. It's tough to go back to that. Yeah, you, yeah. you're like, oh, I don't dude, know what I would have liked when I was. I don't six. know what I would. I mean, I probably, I probably would have loved Legion of Doom destroying Power and Glory. Then here, I didn't I, here, mind. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. fine. I'm glad that it wasn't. I'm glad they didn't destroy them in like, a seven minute match <laughs> yeah. when 59 seconds was all that was needed. <laughs> yeah, like, I was exactly. fine with that. I think that outside, of, like all the tag matches were good, except and that one was effective. But you know, you, there's no, there's no reason to watch it ever again. But the like two Japanese guys against demolition match was not necessary, but Vince was helping fund their Japanese promotion, so we gave him a spot on WrestleMania to kind of help promote that. Basically. It was pretty good. It was definitely not the best we've seen uh, in WWF from Japanese talent by any means, but or by demolition. <laughs> it's true, but it's not real demolition anyway. That's true. Uh, but like fake demolition. The open opening match. Opening was, match was really good. Was, was great. It was. I agree. The, what an opening match needs to be. Solid, solid show. We kind of talked about the things that are worth talking about. All the stuff in between is just fine and entertaining enough to not be like, 
make the show a chore. Like it's a very the show flows very well. It does. How about most disappointing moments? Any, anything disappointing for you? Well, I mean, it's disappointing about the Macho Man retirement, but like I I knew that, but it, we all know that it's not truly a retirement in the I, long run. I thought it was just weird, like. It was made a big deal about a retirement match, and then the whole Miss Elizabeth thing happens, and it's like you forget about the retirement. You forget about the yeah, because you're too busy wiping the tears from your eyes. But almost the same thing happened with whenever you know Macho won the belt. Yeah, it was this whole big deal about him and Elizabeth, but Mm -hmm. not like wait, guys, he he, just won the belt. Won the belt. Yeah, Yeah. so it was kind of like okay. I will say surprising would be that the Nasty Boys took. The belts. I was probably the most surprising thing was the heel. I mean, they're totally setting up a Nasty Boys LOD. Yeah, team. obviously. And you can't. I mean, I guess you could, but have heart. The hearts and LOD. Well, they're not. Yeah, teams. they're not doing that. So you have to kind of do the. Yeah, you know, I just move didn't. The belts I just didn't realize team. that Heart Foundation was like splitting up this early. Yeah, yeah. That's all. I mean, Brett. Brett starts his singles run. Ninety two. Right after this. Yeah. So. so, I mean, like, I just didn't realize that he started the singles run that early. So, you know. Good, I, think, good I, I don't think anything was, like, just super disappointing on the show. No. Like, they kept all the stuff that would be disappointing short enough that you couldn't be disappointed about it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you said, like, the Tenru uh, Katao demolition match that was might, five minutes long. It was less have, than five minutes long. Was that the worst match? No. We had the Mountie and Tito Santana. Okay, that was the worst match. Because, <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about Jacques Rougeau in a Mountie costume. There you go. How about best performer of the night? Well, Macho was on the show. Yeah. So. And Elizabeth um, is selling like crazy with her emotions. Yeah. Her, Ma- her macho. Face selling, yeah, like, yeah. You like, to call like, Sherry was not here yeah. as much, but, you know, Sherry's great every time that she gets to do anything. So, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the Macho show for sure. How about most surprising? I think you kind of already... Yeah, I guess I already did that. Did that. My most surprising thing was... Uh, Macaulay Culkin? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Sherry was looking good on this show. Oh, yeah? That, that dress... You, you, you liked it? I, uh, I mean, like, she doesn't have the... When I, she's I doing, I when she's she's doing like, this... I don't think she's... Old. She's one of those people that like you see and you're like, she could be attractive, but like on this show, that dress, she, she was looking good in that dress. <laughs> and then, like I said, during the match, like... She like bent over to pick up. Oh yeah, they were, was like, like the camera. They like, train that. They train those camera guys. Just wait, wait a few years when they're like, pff. the diva. Oh my god, yeah, it gets uh, risque to say the least. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. Giant Baba had defeated Jack Briscoe for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship on December 4th. But Briscoe's tour was almost up in Japan, so he was determined to make sure he was the champion when he returned to the United States. So just five days after losing the belt, Jack Briscoe would win back the championship in Toyohashi. After his time as champion, he would wrestle across the U.S., winning many regional titles, before finding a home in Georgia Championship Wrestling, where he would become the first NWA National Heavyweight Champion. By 1984, he and his brother Gerald had acquired minority stakes in GCW and convinced the shareholders to sell to the WWF. Jack would leave the business by 1985 and run a body shop for over 30 years. Jack Briscoe's greatest rivalry was with the Funk Brothers, 
and the great Texan himself would be Briscoe's most formidable foe as champion. Next week, we're going to Japan. WCW New Japan Super Show in the Tokyo number one. Motherfucking don't. So that's cool. So we found a video. I mean, it's the Turner Home Entertainment version. Yeah, this is not the on show. the network. It's not but on the network. That kind of makes sense. That it has, I want to say it has seven of the 11 matches that are on the card. Yeah. On that American video. Mm-hmm. But there is also a, on YouTube, we found it on YouTube, a Japanese version that covers like six matches. Yeah. But it's not all, it's the they four, both it's co- basically the four matches that aren't on the American version, plus a couple of the other American versus Japanese yeah. contests. Is there any other, um, like is the tape that we watched is that on youtube as well i, I, I didn't look. find okay, it on okay. youtube well, it's probably on like daily motion or something it, it might sure be out, out there, there somewhere if you can find it there are some really good, good matches good just spoiler alert it's definitely a show worth watching oh yeah for just the history of it the uh, yeah, nothing when, else. and we watched the whole show so we kind of have like i watched it in order so i'd be like all right well i'm gonna this one is in the one on youtube and it's in Japanese, and yeah. then the tape we watched the one is on Tony Schiavone. is completely in Japanese, so it's JR. you don't know exactly what they're saying. But that's the beautiful, the beautiful thing about Japanese, wrestling. But Just watch the wrestling. But Let them tell the story wrestling with their is fists. A, wrestling is a universal language. language. Uh-huh. Thank you, that's the word I was looking for. It's like, it's like sign language with blood. That's right. <laughs> the music from this week's show is Grand Spectacle by Jim Johnston. Basically your classic WrestleMania theme. Mm-hmm. And Hogan is now the champion again, so we must play Real American by Rick Derringer. Because, like it or not, we are Real Real Americans. Americans. If you like us and you want to rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast at, we'd appreciate five stars and no stars. Leave that review. Let other people know what you think of us. Tell your friends, family. Mortal enemies. Uh-huh. We, we don't care who you tell. Yeah. Just tell people. More more listeners means possibly more shows. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Till then, uh, you know, leg drop your significant other because you're probably bored. Good possibility. <laughs> I mean, you could probably listen to all of right? them. Probably by the time this lockdown happens. We're probably not getting this episode until possibly <laughs> after the lockdowns happen. Hopefully. Hopefully. I, I sure hope so. But... Because we do record early. Yeah. I said You can always email us any questions, comments, concerns at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. We'll talk to you next week.